So it's basically moving from the pure science to applied science. We have one station in Gabriel, and then the owner just told us how he used our soil temperature to make a decision when he will go out to harvest his potatoes. Because if the soil is frozen, you don't want to do that, right? <laughs> from NCPR, this is Northwards. People, ideas, and conversations from and about northern New York, Vermont, and beyond. I'm Mitch Tyke. Support for the Northwards podcast comes from Joe Steiniger and Mary McDonald in support of the Adirondack Foundation, building stronger Adirondack communities. Here's a mundane way to start a conversation. How's the weather where you are? It's a simple question with a deceptively complex answer. Let's say you live in Edwards, New York, and you looked up the current conditions from the National Weather Service. The temperature and sky you'd get from the Weather Service is reported from Fort Drum, 40 miles away. And that can make a big difference. But for the last five years, a team of scientists has built a network of weather stations across the state of New York that tries to fill in the gaps and help everyone who needs access to reliable data, from potato farmers to ski area operators. It's called New York State Mesonet, and June Wong is the program manager. Welcome to Northwards. Thank you very much for the opportunity. We're, we live in a world where there's the National Weather Service, there's the Weather Channel, there's Weather Underground. There are so many ways to uh, to get weather information. What were the shortcomings in how we measure and forecast the weather that Mesonet was designed to address? Uh, yeah, we started uh, about 10 years ago when we were thinking about to have more weather data in New York State. Before New York State Mesonet, we only had about 30 so-called uh, NOAA weather station, high quality weather station. We know that's not enough to cover this huge state, especially over the three mountain regions. We have gaps, we have the holes. In addition, there are some of the variables are not measured at all. For example, soil moisture and soil temperature. They are very important for agriculture. So those are the primary reasons we started this whole project. And there are, uh, like you said, there are a lot of other private company that operated uh, their weather stations, even citizen science. Uh, you know, you can you operate your own weather station. In the end, the most important thing is the quality. You want to help the forecasting. Well, and so then who are the users that Mesonet is most set up to benefit? So the primary uh, users, they are National Weather Service and emergency managers. However, our data users are way beyond those two. For private sectors, utility companies, transportation, and for the state agencies, uh, DOT, Department of Transportation, DOH, Department of Health, they do uh, correlate the vector-based disease with the weather information, climate information. And also for education, K-12 education, we work closely with teachers how to bring our data into the classroom, into the curriculum and general public because of the high 
spatial coverage, you can find your own backyard weather station rather than something very far away. So let's turn the clock back five or 10 years, I guess really 10 years, as you say, to the inception of this project. What had to come together to get Mesonet off the ground? I think we started with is the motivation, the reason uh, we just talked about a little bit. So why do you need another one? And that was right after one of the tropical storm and one hurricane Lee. And the observation was not were not good. Uh, if you remember, it was a lot of uh, flooding going on in upstate New York. Uh, so we started with that motivation. And then in the fall of 2012, the Hurricane Sandy, Superstorm Sandy happened. So that's how we got the funding from the um, Hurricane Sandy Supplemental Fund uh, to set up this whole very comprehensive network. This this was federal funding, right? Yeah, yep. that was the startup was federal funding. Well, and so now what does the network consist of? How many monitoring stations are there and, and what are they actually measuring? Mm-hmm. So uh, the network consists of six networks. Uh, the backbone of the network is so-called our standard network, that means 126 weather stations uh, in New York State. Every county has at least one. Most of them have two. Um, and then we have three sub-networks to measure something special and two macro-nets. Uh, it's one in the West, the Thruway network, and one in New York City, it's Con Edison macro-net. So the, our standard uh, weather station it consists of a 10-meter tower, you know, 10 meter by 10 meter fenced area. We measure all of the standard meteorology variables, pressure, temperature, humidity, wind speed, wind direction, precipitation. Uh, in addition, we measure some additional parameters. Uh, for example, for your region, people care about the snow depths, right? <laughs> Snowfall. We have an automatic snow ses- sensor. That's a sonic wave sensor. So every five minutes, you get a snow depth at that site. And then we have a pyranometer that measures solar radiation. That's useful for solar energy application. And then uh, we already discussed the soil properties. We have uh, three soy props buried below the ground, 10 centimeter, 25, 50 centimeters below the ground. Uh, they measure both soy temperature and soy moisture. Uh, all of the data are every five minutes. Uh, within 10 minutes, uh, they collect the data from the site and do quality control, all of those things, and disseminate it to our website within about two minutes. Wow. And so I think it's important to make a distinction. I, I look at the staff list on the Mesonet website, and you know, there's there's one word that seems to be missing, and that's meteorologist. You are not, strictly speaking, in the weather forecasting business, right? No, we are not. Um, the Mesonet or Weather Network itself, it's a multidisciplinary research it's not just a weather. So we have a software engineer, hardware engineer, atmospheric scientist, uh, 
and physicist because you have to understand the instrument. Computer science is the whole visualization and the whole data collection. And then from the user perspective, that's what you ask. It's not just a meteorologist, like emergency managers, they need weather information. And then the farmers, uh, they use data extensively. One third of our stations are at farmers' uh, locations. They use the data, for example, most recently, uh, we have one station in Gabriel. Uh, you probably know where that <laughs> is. Uh, uh, and then the owner just told us how he used our uh, soil temperature to make a decision when he would go out to harvest uh, his potatoes. Because if the soil is frozen, you don't want to do that, right? <laughs> and then uh, I mentioned the forensic meteorology private sectors, they constantly request the data. Somebody sued, somebody say, I fell on the ice. Was it, uh, you know, was there ice storm that day? What was the weather conditions? So we provide certified data to them. How often are you hearing from people who are using this data? Uh, basically, on the daily database, we ask people to request the data on our website. They fill up the form. One of the questions is, why do you request the data? How are you going to use the data? That's how we collect all of those very interesting, you know, usage. Uh, for example, today I got a, a data request from uh, uh, Connected. They are looking for our special network. It's called Profile. It's not just surface. It's looking at in the air. Uh, from the ground to three kilometers above the surface. We have a very expensive ladder network and giving you something like aerosol, the particle in the air. They want to see whether there's uh, any signal of the fire uh, smoke uh, things in the air. So you can see it's an air quality related uh, issue. You are, if if I'm not mistaken, your background is in atmospheric science. Uh, mm -hmm. Are are there surprises to this that that you've been finding out as you've done this work? Uh, you know, it must have been interesting to hear that you know people are are you know wondering the soil temperatures so they can decide whether to harvest their potatoes. This is mm -hmm. probably not something you're always thinking about when you're studying atmospheric science. Yeah, it's a great question. Thank you for asking. Uh, I've been an atmospheric scientist for my whole career for quite a while. And in the past, it's mainly for focusing on science, uh, especially climate side. However, working at New York State Masonet is in terms of so rewarding to say how the data are used in the real time for different uh, people. For example, last July, there was a a tornado, uh, EF2 tornado in the West. And the site host, he requested data right after the storm because one of the, the small building was totally tore down because of the very strong winds. He want the wind speed at that point to do the insurance claim. So it's basically moving from the pure science to applied science how this data would be very useful for people to make a decision. You know, I did, I mentioned those uh, different examples, but our main user is National Weather Service Weather Forecasting Office. 
they have the direct link to our data and camera image, I should mention. Every site has a camera. Every five minutes, we get a, a camera image. That has been proved very use, useful for situation awareness. They, based on our data and camera image, make a decision, say, your part of the world, whether it's snowstorm or ice storm, right? That make a difference in terms of for people uh, making their personal decision. Um, so that's has been very rewarding for me. Have you been to many of the Mesonet sites around uh, the state? Uh, yeah, I have been uh, quite a few of, uh, not that many, you know, as many as I wish. <laughs> However, we have six technicians. They, every year, they have to visit every site at least twice. We call spring pass and the fall pass. Uh, right now, we are in the midst of the spring pass. So every site, every sensor has to be looked at. That's how we maintain the network to provide the high quality, high quality data to our users. So what can you tell us about how the Mesonet might evolve in the next five years? Yeah, um, thank you for the question. That's something I ask myself too. <laughs> uh, um, I think the highest priority is to continue to operate and maintain such a comprehensive high quality um, network to provide the high quality data. As the network is aging, we think about all oh, five, seven years, uh, it's not that bad. However, if you look at the sensors, they are 24 seven, 365 days in the, in out there, given what condition, weather conditions we have, especially in North country. And they are getting weird out pretty quickly. So we are facing how do we get to support this network? So that's my highest priority. Um, before that, we need to advocate for fundings. Uh, yeah, it's a difficult thing to get buy-in from the state, although every state agency requests the data, but we cannot get support for our operation maintenance. And then the second thing is we really want to expand the network, saying, let's say, in your part of the world, you say, I really want a weather station like yours somewhere here the community, that region would benefit from this. We can work together how we can secure funding to do that. Yeah, additional variables like in New York City, we measure meteorology variables. Can we do more for air quality? So those are the things. And I think the last thing is to get the words out to the community how we can increase the applications of this unique data set. Well, I imagine that there will be some people who uh, hear about it this way that might have some uh, some ideas. Yeah. Uh, on our website, we do have our email address. So they can just uh, drop a line. We normally we re respond pretty quickly. Well, June Wong, it was a great pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much for telling us about Mesonet and best of luck with your work. Thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to talk to uh, your audience. 
June Wong is the program manager of New York State Mesonet, a network of climate monitoring stations across the state of New York. She's based at the University at Albany. You'll find a link to them from ncpr.org northwards. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Northwards. I'm Mitch Tyke. I hope you enjoyed our interview, and you can catch new content every Friday right here or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more about Northwards and NCPR on our mobile app or at our website, ncpr.org. And while you're there, make a donation to support everything you hear on North Country Public Radio. Northwards is an NCPR podcast production. The program is written, recorded, and edited by Mitch Dyke with digital production supervision by me, Ethan Shanty. Music by the Wickmore Jazz Trio of Plattsburgh. To support this show and find more podcasts, visit ncpr.org. This is NCPR, North Country Public Radio.